They represented the Royal British Legion branches of towns and villages as far away as Hungerford, Marlborough, Bath and Froome. And RAF associations, canal zoners, one-time paratroops and... They formed their line just on the road, off the curb, and crowds had gathered to press behind them. Doug Bentley thought there were more photographers and cameramen than usual. He would not have admitted it to a stranger, but he always watched the TV news on those evenings after he had returned home to see himself, and was always pleased when he went down later to the Legion if members remarked that they had seen him. They made a neat line. Old men recreating parade ground disciplines. He could be a tough old goat had earned his living as a long-distance haulage driver, but would admit only to Beryl that when the tenor bell tolled and the line was formed, his gut churned, and sometimes there was a smear of wet in his eyes. He had read of the one who was coming home, aged eighteen years and four months, just accepted into a guards regiment, and killed by an explosion three days earlier, in bloody Helmand province, five weeks after arriving in Afghanistan. The family, friends and supporters were dribbling out of the Cross Keys public house and were crossing the road, weaving between the last traffic that the police would allow up and down the high street before closing it. It was a good word that was used, repatriation, and he liked the thought of it for a fallen squaddy. The town, Wooden Bassett in Wiltshire, with a population of about 10,000 and nothing special to say for itself, represented, as the quiet fell from a sunlit blue sky, the mourning of a nation for a soldier who had given his young life that a greater number might walk in freedom and in peace. Well, that was what the tabloids printed. No more traffic now. The relatives, friends and supporters were in place, and some of the kids among them wore T-shirts with a picture of what seemed to be almost a child soldier, with a smiling face and a battlefield helmet that was a size too large. They all had flowers, and some had already started to weep. Every eye, and Doug Bentley's, gazed left down the street, towards the raised town hall and the top of the hill beyond the church, and its bell tower, where the road came from the RAF base into which the coffin had been flown. He saw women in floral dresses, kids in jeans and sneakers, men standing straight and clutching shopping bags, the staff of shops, banks and coffee houses, and people with dogs that sat still and quiet at their sides. Early on, Doug had realised this was no place for generals, admirals, air marshals or senior politicians. The tabloids called it the Tribute of Middle England. Three police motorcyclists led the convoy, coming at a crawl, heads appearing first, then the fluorescent yellow of the shoulders, and last, the blue lights on their machines. The bell had stopped, and the engines made a mere murmur. But the sobbing of one woman was clear. The motorcycles went on past Doug Bentley and the others, then a marked police car, but the hearse halted to the far side of the town hall, and the funeral director climbed out of the front passenger seat. 
the local man who did the drill calls for Doug and the standard-bearer party, gave the command, and the dozen were raised. The tips drooped into the leather case that took their weight. He felt the sun full on him, and a bead of sweat trickled down his cheek. The funeral director wore a top hat and a mourning suit. He had a fine walking staff with a silver-topped handle. As he moved forward, a woman opposite Doug Bentley seemed to contract in a convulsion of tears, and a man beside her, who had pink knees below the hem of his shorts, rubbed her neck gently. As the funeral director reached them, top hat now carried, the command came, softly spoken, and the standards dipped. All those years before, as a lance corporal in the pay corps, he had loathed drill sergeants, had been clumsy and useless at the coordination required. But he could do this now.